The scripture for today comes from Luke chapter 12, 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So, this is, so it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So I guess it was, I don't know, first or second year in seminary. I am one of the younger ones in the class uh, because I, you know, went through undergrad at Alabama, went straight to seminary where there were others who you know, they took a couple of years off, or maybe this was a second career for them. And one of the things that they required us to do was to go to a financial class. Now, I went to the financial class and listened. Um, and it was, one, a little difficult because... Um, when you, you start talking about uh, money and, and things of, like, the future, uh, I get a little bored, <laughs> which, I don't, you know, for better or for worse, because I was, like, 22, and they were talking about retirement stuff, and they're like, if you put this much away at this point, and uh, you just keep putting that much, uh, you'll end up having more for when you retire. And I, at 22, I just really didn't care in that moment, I'll be honest. Um, now... I have since changed my outlook on that because that seems to be a thing that continues to come up uh, at all of these different like benefits, clergy things that uh, the conference will do or the denomination will do. And so I've learned and actually paid attention a little more than I did in that very first class. And I think it's safe to say within our family, um, I'm probably the one that thinks about that a lot more than my wife. Um, I'm the one that thinks, oh man, we need to be putting this away so that uh, we can retire early is my thought, which, you know, I don't know if that's such a thing anymore. But I sit and I think, so what is that going to do for me in my life? Like, what am I able what am I going to be able to use all of this for? What am I sacrificing in this moment so that, you know, my future seems to be what I want it to be? And we get into our scripture today. We get into our scripture where we see 
you know, in the verses prior to this, you know, Jesus is talking to his disciples, but he's within a crowd. And so others within the crowd see Jesus teaching to his disciples. And that's where verse 13 picks up. We see uh, this man who comes from the crowd and says to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. You know, this man comes up, and obviously there's been a little bit of a dispute over how much uh, the brothers get amongst their inheritance. And so this, this man in the crowd, he's coming to Jesus, and, and really he's wanting Jesus to say, okay, tell my brother to give me some money because I need it, and it's mine, and, you know, very inwardly thinking in that moment for, for that brother, And who knows what the circumstances were around that? Who knows what the discussions were? Maybe that brother thought he deserved more than the other. You know, we don't know that from this scripture. But we do know that there was some type of dispute. And this man is worried about the inheritance that he believes belongs to him. And so then Jesus, right, Jesus answers and goes into a parable that I find so interesting being with all of the experience that I have had in financial uh, different classes and discussions. uh, Reading this really kind of made me scratch my head a little bit, right? Because Jesus goes into the parable of the rich man Jesus talks about this man who, this farmer, who had uh, grown so much grain and had so much left over that he decided to build some extra storage, right? He decided to build some extra storage so that he could put the grain that he had left over away, you know, like a rainy day account, I guess, would be a good way to think about it. And In the very beginning parts of this parable, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, well, you know, there it is. There's the basis of all that I have heard over time with uh, putting money away for a rainy day, uh, you know, making sure that you're taken care of. And then God just blows all that up with the parable, doesn't he? And I'm sitting there and I'm reading and I'm like, why though? Why? Why is it that all of a sudden in this parable that Jesus is sharing that, you know, we have this man who is doing kind of some sound, uh, you know, logical decisions that God says, you fool. You fool. And, you know, right after that, God does make a very valid point in this parable. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Essentially what God is saying, what if tonight is your last night? And you have taken all of this extra grain and just put it away. And now all of a sudden... You're not here to use it. It's a valid question. I don't know who would use it. I don't know 
um, this man's family dynamics. Maybe there's two brothers that are going to fight over this inheritance too. We don't know. But when we sit and we hear those words, and when we look at the whole parable uh, a little bit more, it's very interesting how this rich man, all of the, the language that he uses, what should I do for my crops? Where should I place them? I will, you know, do this to store my grain and my goods. So if we, if we stop right there and we think, whose creation is the one that is, is bringing the crops to this man? You know, whose creation is uh, helping the rain come down? Whose creation provided the seeds that would go into uh, begin the process of growing the grain? So, you know, yeah, the rich man did a lot of work, not disputing that, but maybe it doesn't all belong to him. That's interesting. But then let's kind of continue to to flesh this out. You know, in our minds, and I know that I am uh, just as guilty of this as um, some of you may be, we want to set ourselves up so, because we're under the assumption that we're going to live a long and joyous life, and I pray that we all do. But I also remember of instances where we're reminded that life is not a guarantee. It's not, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, that's not something that any of us like to talk about, but it is. And so if, if we sacrifice and we put away so much, just like this, this gentleman, uh, the rich man is, and something were to happen, well, then it's just sitting there and, and, and who knows what, what's going to happen. But I wonder if in that moment, rather being, than being so worried about saving this grain and saving these crops and goods for later, what could this man have done in that moment, to share God's love and God's presence. Uh, could that man have taken the abundance that he had and helped feed those who maybe didn't have? Could that man have gone ahead and, you know, we're, we're under the assumption that one of the reasons that he had an abundance is because, you know, the season was great and the, um, the supply and demand might have been a little off where the price of the grain that he was selling might have been a little lower. So in his mind, he can put it in this building and he can wait and, you know, let the, the price of grain go up because the supply may be down and then, you know, make more money. But what would have happened 
if he just went ahead and, and sold what he could, and rather than waiting to make more money, he used those funds to help a need within his town or village. I, I, don't, I don't know. But it continues to bring to light for me that what can I do to continue to help further God's kingdom with all that God continually blesses me with? Because often I know I, I get tied up with this where I am so concerned about saving money so that, you know, when we retire one day, we'll be set and good. And, and please hear me, I'm not telling you to go and to take all of your retirement money and to give it away. That is not what I'm telling anyone to do. But I am wanting us all to think what if we weren't as worried about that and we were more worried about how we can further the kingdom of God? Not only if we think about you know, money that we put away for, for saving for a rainy day, but even our material items that we have. Because a lot of times we're always looking at what we have and, and those possessions and they become you know, very important to us, almost a little too important to us. And sometimes we become so ingrained in wanting to get the newest and best whatever, say it's a phone or a computer or a grill or clothes, whatever it is, we become so consumed with those objects and we miss out on opportunities to use what God has blessed us with to further God's kingdom. So this parable really does kind of turn things upside down for me um, because, like I said, it is very different from everything I've always heard. But I sit here and I think, what of this world, whether it be money, whether it be possessions, what of this world is continually holding me back from being able to help build God's kingdom in the ways that I can? How, how can I give back more than I do? Are there opportunities for me to give back more than I do? I don't know. But if I continue to be consumed with things that are more of this earthly life rather than things that are of God and God's calling, then I'm not living my life for God. I'm separating myself from God. And you know, this, this parable that Jesus shares right here, it, it's really um, kind of the not as hard words that Jesus shares. I mean, because for the parable, uh, you, you can continue to read it, but 
what comes next and what Jesus shares with his disciples in the next couple of verses um, really kind of takes it a step further. And, and I want to just share a couple of those verses with you. Um, and it's the next 10 verses. I'm not going to read the next 10 verses, but I do want to read uh, the next two. So 22 and 23. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, or what you wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. And, and Jesus continues to go on and basically is telling the disciples at this time. He's not necessarily talking to the same man that um, he was about the inheritance, but he's taking it a little step further with his disciples. And he's like, all right, like, y'all come and follow me. And don't be so worried about all of the earthly objects or the earthly things that separate or that's trying to separate you from me. Rather, go out and do my ministry. Be in my presence so that you may go and share my presence. And those, I'll say, those, those verses on top of uh, what we've read with this parable, they really kind of uh, gut-punched me a little harder. Um, so some of you may know that uh, earlier in the month, uh, my wife and I, we had the opportunity to go to Israel, to the Holy Land, and to experience kind of uh, the different things that are, are there and the history of, you know, events that have happened within biblical uh, text. And so, you know, we, we got through all of our flights going into Israel and I'll tell you, magically got through customs really fast. Um, there were probably some people who uh, were in line that did not like us in that moment because I think they waited a couple hours. But we got through customs really fast, which was awesome. But then we got to the luggage. And so we're watching luggage come down, you know, just patiently waiting, um, patiently waiting. Because at this point, uh, Alyssa and I, all we had were our book bags because um, they had made us check our carry-on and then our check bag um, because we were going to be there for 10 days. And so we're waiting, we're waiting, and everybody that's on this trip, you know, they're slowly getting their, their stuff. And then no more luggage comes down, and I'm like, ooh, this isn't good because ours hadn't shown up yet. We waited a little longer. And you know those sometimes where they, they, they put a, a some of the luggage out and then it takes a couple minutes and they put a little bit more out? Well, that, we had a long past that. There, there was no more coming down on the little carousel thing. And so we went and we, you know, went to the front desk. We talked to um, the, the people at the airport and come to find out, you know, Alyssa and myself and a couple of others, our luggage did not make it to Israel. And so, you know, we had this struggle um, at different times. Uh, you know, we, we had the struggle of the initial shock, and it's like, well, what are we going to do? We get to the hotel, we, we figure it out. Um, 
and thinking that, oh, it's just going to be maybe a day or so, right? Well, it wasn't a day or so. And at the very beginning, I'll say I I had a, a fairly good attitude, but when it got to day five, I sat there very frustrated coming back because at this point, you know, we're, we're washing our clothes in the bathtub in the hotel and, you know, you're waking up and your shirt is still damp um, and, I, you know, that's why if you see in pictures, I'm wearing the same shirt most days um, because it's just what, what we had. But I remember after about day five, I was very frustrated I was very frustrated because, you know, I wanted my stuff, as we all do if, if we had experienced that, I'm, I'm assuming. And so I just, I told Lisa, I, I got to go on a walk. Because at this point, you know, they kept kind of promising, like, oh, it'll be here this day. Oh, it'll be here this day, right, you know. And I was walking just frustrated But then I remembered some words that Alyssa had said earlier in the week. Because I'll be honest, while I had the bad attitude at the end, the initial shock really kind of hit her that first day, and then, you know, it was done. She was good. And she kept telling everybody, I just have to remember that Jesus called the disciples and said, come with me. And all they had was what was on their back. And they went, and they got to experience God's presence. They got to go and further God's kingdom and to be a part of the ministry that Jesus was was doing in the world. They didn't have to worry, or they didn't worry, about making sure they had an extra set of clothes but rather they saw the presence of God through Jesus Christ in front of them, and they went. And that's what Jesus is saying, you know, in here. At the very end of this, after he shared this parable, you know, and and really kind of gone a little harder with the disciples, saying, don't worry about all of that. Just come. Come and be in my presence. And remember, remember of the God who provides and who blesses and find ways to continue to give back. Whatever that may look like. Because what's most important in the world is not our money, it's not our possessions, It's actually not anything of this world. But rather, it's the ways in which we continue to share God's presence and God's love and continue to further God's kingdom. So, don't don't be distracted by stuff. Don't be distracted by the stuff we want. Don't be distracted by making sure, you know, everything's going to work out in the future and that you have plenty of stuff and resources for the future. Maybe do that a little bit. But 
Don't miss out on an opportunity. Don't miss out on an opportunity to be the presence of God and to help further God's kingdom here and now. Because as people who know God, who love God, who have experienced Christ, we're called as a body of Christ to help build God's kingdom. Not to build our kingdom, but to build God's kingdom. So let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just thank you for the ways that which you continue to bless us. We thank you for the ways in which you continue to be present. And Lord, we just ask that you open our minds, our eyes, and our hearts so that we may continue to give abundantly towards building your kingdom and that we don't miss out on those opportunities and that we don't let the things of this world stop us from fulfilling the call that you place before us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.